If you have an unquenchable thirst to crush your bucket list, relentlessly pursue your dreams, and live life on your own terms, then turn up the volume and tune in. You're now listening to Zeph and Moses Blacksburg on the Year of Purpose podcast. This episode of the Year of Purpose is brought to you by our brand new book, Life Rescripted. Find your purpose and design your dream life before the curtains close. If you want to be the first in line to receive a free digital copy from me, all you have to do is head on over to www.liferescriptedbook.com to find out more. Hey everyone, this is Zephan Blacksburg with another episode of the Year of Purpose podcast. And today I'm joined by Chef Allison Stevens, and she is the founder of the gluten-free and paleo meal planning website, PrepDish.com. Allison thoughtfully crafts each plan using her own well-tested recipes. Each meal plan allows you, the home cook, to spend only two or three hours preparing a week's worth of crave-worthy healthy meals using seasonal whole foods, nothing processed. Prep Dish aims to save you time while keeping your family's taste buds happy. Sign up for the Prep Dish newsletter and receive a free one-week gluten-free meal plan. How's it going today, Allison? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm excited to be here. <laughs> yeah, I'm doing well too. And actually, it's great to talk about the whole gluten-free and paleo movement because this is something that I uh, got into probably about four or five years ago. Um, okay. Just when I first started with a CrossFit gym. So as you know, paleo is a huge thing with CrossFitters. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. And it was more of for me to kind of clear out my system because I just mm-hmm. I was eating too much junk food, too much fried food. Um, and as you know, paleo really takes it down to the roots of, you know, what do we used to eat? So maybe if you could uh, give us just a little more background for people listening in who haven't really familiarized themselves with paleo, what exactly does that mean? And uh, tell me or maybe share with me how that can taste amazing and we're not losing out on any flavor with this type of cooking. Sure. Yeah. And I guess when I explain paleo, I'm going to do it in the way I see paleo and what I like about paleo. Um, the main thing I love about paleo is it's about listening to your body and seeing what works for you. Um, there's a lot of variations of paleo at the core it's eat real food, which, you know, anyone can get behind, but I like that once you eat real food, it's, you know, figuring out there's a lot of gray areas with paleo, you know, do potatoes count? Do, you know, we can't eat beans, but it's more, Yes, you know, eat all these real foods, but then also listening into your body and seeing what works for you, which is what I really um, like about it. Yeah. Um, And it's like a very, it's just a natural and holistic approach to things. I mean, mm -hmm. it kind of makes sense. It's like, why are you going to put uh, ingredients into your body that might not react so well? And so, you know, you kind of pay attention to what works and what doesn't, and you cut out the things that don't work. And I, exactly. I, I think they probably provide a pretty solid guideline of, of what you should or shouldn't eat just in general. You know, they're not going yeah. out and saying, go buy some fried up chicken tenders from the restaurant <laughs> down the street. Yeah. Um, but they're not saying that you have to eat cardboard, you know, like it, it actually yeah. is very tasty stuff. Um, yeah, a lot of times really... people are afraid. They say there's, you know, well, what can I eat? You know, it's just protein and veggies. And I'm like, just protein and veggies. There's so many options. You know, there's so many vegetables out there. There's so much you can do with it. It's just focusing more on what you can eat. It's funny. We, um, so I have two other sisters. So there's three of us in my family and we're all gluten-free. And we've recently convinced my mom to go gluten-free. Um, and she learned the trick, which is she said, I can't focus on what I 
can't have, I focus on what I can have. And I think that's what's important is, you know, looking at all these options that you do have versus focusing on that one thing that you can't have. <laughs> right. Absolutely. And that, that's kind of like the law of attraction there is even in mm-hmm. business and in life, if I focus on the fact that I need more clients or customers, I'm not exactly going to get that. So I'm going to yeah. focus on being grateful for what I do have. Um, and that really exactly. does play out in the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. Um, so tell me a little bit about the gluten-free side of things, because that was something for me, too, that I explored to see how my body reacts. Um, mm-hmm. And it reacts much differently. And, uh, you know, I, I'm sure we're going to upset a couple people here who love their pizza and who love their <laughs> yeah. sandwiches. But uh, there are ways around that. So maybe let us know, you know, what is it about gluten that uh, can make a problem for people and, uh, Mm -hmm. how can we get around it so that we can still have our cake and eat it too? Yeah. So in a lot of people, gluten causes inflammation. It can lead to a leaky gut and start manifesting in a lot of different ways, really. Um, whether that's being bloated after a meal or acne or stomach aches or just being really tired. Um, so there's a lot of different ways that you can feel the, um, reactions of it. But really the only way to know if you are reacting is to take it you know, out of the diet and then see how you feel. Yeah. <laughs> and that's exactly what I did um, yeah, about four years ago and realized that gluten was making me pretty sick. And I didn't notice it at the time. For me, it was mainly an immune thing. My immune system was really weak. And as soon as I took gluten out of my diet, um, noticed a big difference in my immune system. I used to get sick, um, you know, three or four times a year, just cold. So I just, you know, I thought that was normal. Didn't think much of it. Um, but as soon as I took that out, I haven't been sick in four years. (laughs) That's pretty solid. I mean, I think I probably get sick maybe once a year at most. Mm -hmm. So it's, I know that I've definitely seen a very similar reaction. Um, and I also gluten for some reason would always mess with my stomach. Yeah. I used to get that too. Well, and I still do. So in a restaurant, I can tell that they've served gluten to me because my stomach, by the end of the meal, um, you know, sometimes there's people that say, well, gluten sensitivity doesn't exist because I, I don't think that I'm celiac. Um, but there's sort of a spectrum. And I was like, well, I'm pretty sure there's something that happens because as soon as I eat gluten, by the end of the day, I look like I'm pregnant and that's not normal. <laughs> so when your stomach blows up to that size. Yeah. So it's like you can call it what you want. I'm calling yeah. it not normal. <laughs> Calling it, I'm just not going to eat that. Right. <laughs> My body doesn't like it. <laughs> right. Very cool. So, and, and oh, real quick, how can we like substitute? What can we do? Because, you know, if you're telling me yeah. I've got to get rid of my pizza, I've got to get rid of my things that have breaded coating on it, you know, like yeah. uh, chicken tenders or anything like that. What can I do to get around that? There's a lot of different things. Um, you know, they do have gluten free pizza crust, although a lot of the recipes and meals that I make, I like to. Just do things like chicken with vegetables or sweet potato, baked sweet potato fries and like things like that. So it's not this weird, you know, reincarnation of like something that used to contain gluten. Um, but like in chicken tenders, I'll do nut crusts. I actually prefer nut crusts because they've got more of a crunch than, you know, like a breading does. So I think nut crusts are really nice. Um, and, you know, there's almond flours, coconut flours. And so, you know, if you want to do baking, um, it's just, and the thing that I actually kind of like about it is there's gluten-free baked goods out there, but it's, you're not bombarded with it. I feel like with other baked goods, it's like every day there's an opportunity to have a cookie or a cupcake and those things are fine, but I don't need one every day, you know, once a week, maybe a few times a month or something. But, 
Um, there are ways to still have your brownies and pizzas and breads. And a lot of restaurants have gluten-free breads. So that's nice if you, you know, want to have a sandwich every now and then. Um, now, if you're paleo, some of that stuff isn't paleo. <laughs> right, right. So. Well, I think it goes without saying that it's kind of a, it's a careful balance, you know, it's yes, not, exactly. hey, you've got to follow this no matter what to a T. It's more of, you know, figure out what works best for you, find out uh, the changes that happen in your body. And, you yep. know, if you want more of the good changes, then keep going with it. Yeah, no, I agree. And that's kind of comes back to what I said in the beginning with what I like about paleo. It's, you know, listening to your body and seeing um, what your body tolerates and how you feel after you eat foods and making your decisions based on that, you know? Yeah. So I, I always love like taking a step back with the entrepreneurs that I talk to and finding out how they started their businesses, how they got mm -hmm. into it. Because while, uh, you know, my big promise to myself for the podcast was I'm going to live my best year yet. And so every mm -hmm. person that I've interviewed, you know, whether they're a business owner or not, it, you know, we talk about uh, the changes that they're making in the world, what they wanted to do, um, and mm -hmm. how they discovered their calling in a sense and where they wanted to go with that. So I'm just curious okay. here, maybe if we like step it back in time a little bit, like where were yeah. you before Prep Dish and how did that idea come about? Wow. So um, I'm going to have to go back uh, kind of far. But um, <laughs> in terms of being an entrepreneur, when I was little, I kind of always had that in me, you know, like selling friendship bracelets when I was like six or, you know, just always kind of doing things like that and um, trying to sell my dad cookies to take to his board meetings and, you know, basically had like this catering business in high school. And then um, my home ec teacher got me a job cooking for a business um, in high school, just a local it was, there were about 10 guys. And during the summers, I would cook lunch for them every day. So I'd show up at their house and cook lunch for them every day and loved it. So I was basically a private chef. Um, and that inspired me to go to culinary school. And I got a master's in nutrition. Wasn't sure what I was going to do with that. Kind of ended up with this real world desk job. Um, but missed, I missed cooking and knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur. So I decided to move to Austin and started a personal chef company. Well, that personal chef company was very similar to what I was doing in high school. <laughs> I just had a little more credibility than I did um, when I started in high school. So um, the idea for the personal chef company really started in high school because I fell in love with doing that. I just enjoyed doing it um, and always enjoyed working for myself. Um, and now the meal plans, the way I got those ideas from the personal chef company. So with the personal chef company, I still have that. That still exists. I have another chef that does the cooking. So I run that, but I don't do the cooking anymore. I did for the first about five years. Um, and with that, the way the service works is we will visit homes once a week and prep all the food for the week. As I was doing that and maxing out at like five to seven clients, I realized there was a way that I could, you know, reach much more people because it's like I, I'm only reaching five or seven people. How can I get this out to the masses? And that's where the idea of Prep Dish came about. It's like, you know, here's this guide. It's a grocery list, instructions for prepping everything ahead of time. I can give this to anyone. And so that's where the idea of Prep Dish was born was like, oh, I can use this system that I created for my personal chef clients and get it out to the masses. So a so. lot of it is kind of taking an existing uh, idea and just kind of building on top of that. And, you know, how can we make this better? How can we improve it? And, yeah. you know, finding your, your target audience that could really use that. I mean, 
For me, yeah. I'm constantly looking for recipes. I mean, I cook usually once a week, like Sunday night is kind of my big oh. cooking night. Yeah, that's and what I, we recommend. <laughs> yeah, and I cook, you know, all my food for the rest of the week. And yep. uh, it's usually a, you know, a two or three hour ordeal. If I'll run out to the store, I'll have a list mm -hmm. of exactly what I want to get. I'll yep. be back in half an hour and I cook most of my stuff. It, sometimes I'll do some really nice, like I just slow cooked uh, a five pound pork shoulder for 20 hours oh, in the crock pot. Nice. <laughs> so like that takes, you know, overnight, but it comes out really good. Yeah. But, yeah. So it's, um, I think that it's a really great opportunity for people to uh, not really give excuses anymore for eating healthy, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's exactly, you know, I, that's what I say. It's going to take some time. Like if you're going to eat real food, you're going to have to invest something. Um, but two to three hours on Sunday is actually less time than you would spend if you're scrambling every night at five o'clock. Cause if you're scrambling every night, like that can take a lot of time. <laughs> that and like so. balancing it out with, you know, if you didn't cook and then through the week, you're trying to figure out stuff and you know you go out for lunch three or four days out of the week and you yeah. know you save your leftovers for dinner or for breakfast the next morning and it's like all right you've already spent two or three times as much as you would have in the store yeah and you also haven't eaten nearly as well as you would have if you know it was all prepared yeah and as an entrepreneur I always say it's brain power right like you only have so much energy that you can put into thinking about things. And that's actually what our customers say a lot too. It's like, I don't have to think anymore because, you know, here's a grocery list. I tell them what to do. They get home and dinner's ready because they've already prepped it on Sunday. And the fact that you don't have to think at five o'clock, like that's the saving grace right there because at five o'clock, your brain's kind of like done. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. I have to share a funny story with you because I almost okay. went to culinary school and okay. for the dumbest reason I didn't <laughs> uh, and went to film school instead. Uh, okay. I, you know, it was very interesting cooking in high school. Uh, my mm -hmm. mom would always work late hours. So, you know, she would uh, buy whatever food I asked her for and I would cook it and huh. have dinner ready for her by the time she got home. And uh, so I always loved cooking. And we started to look at um, the, uh, the Culinary Institute of America, which is yep. based right down here in Baltimore. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, we went for a tour and it was great. I mean, you show up and they let you eat everything under the sun that they cook <laughs> yeah. first. So they get you super stuffed on food, pastries, whatever it is you can find. And yeah. then they take you on the tour. So I was like thinking, all right, this is a pretty sweet deal. Like I get to eat all this food all the time. <laughs> and then we walk into one of the classrooms just to watch, you know, a demo cooking class or something. And uh, they've all got on the white hats and the white coats and oh, everything. Oh, yeah, I had to wear all that. <laughs> my first question to the guy leading the tour was, are we required to wear those hats and those white coats? And he said yes to every single <laughs> class. And I turned yes. to my mom and I said, we can leave. <laughs> <laughs> oh I man just, i didn't want a uniform and it was the silliest reason but now i still love cooking i do it all yeah. the time every week i'm always trying something new and different but that is the reason why instead of going to culinary school i went to film school <laughs> <laughs> i did have to wear the uniform all day every day yeah and now you <laughs> don't have to I loved it but well and for, with the um personal chef company when I cook for clients um you know I feel very strongly about having a professional look so I stuck with it I kind of I didn't wear the kind of crazy chef pants I wore <laughs> like more of a basic black yoga pant but <laughs> yeah no the 
Oh, I don't miss those outfits. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me a little bit about like, did you ever have any obstacles in, in making this a reality or, or getting this off the ground? Because, uh, you know, a lot of people when they first start their business, they don't even know how to run a business. You know, they know nothing yeah. about what's involved. So uh, maybe were there any any struggles that you had in the process of getting it up and running? Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, yes, that's a short answer. So um, for me, luckily, this was, you know, I had experience running a business, although this was online. The business before Personal Chef Company didn't really require overhead, um, was pretty straightforward. I showed up at people's houses, cooked for them. You know, they paid me. It was a little more straightforward. Um, the online part, you know, it just, it's been a big learning curve, you know, figuring out how to run people's credit cards, what to, you know, how to build the site. And, you know, I've had a lot of help along the way too. You know, I had a designer that designed the plans and a web guy that helped build the site. And so it's figuring out where you, um, where you can do things yourself and where you need to find someone else. Um, but yeah, I mean, just the whole, every day is a learning curve. I mean, there's still things that I'm like, oh, and then I have to, you know, go back and research it and figure it out. So, but that's the fun of it, I think. <laughs> yeah, I think so too. I mean, yeah. that was something where when I first started, it was like, all right, like I am a business owner now. What do I do? All right, well, I need some legal stuff, I think, because I don't want to get yep. in trouble that way. Yeah, that's and a good start. <laughs> so I started there and figured out the whole accounting thing. And then it came down to uh, how do you find clients? Because, you know, that for, for some yeah. people, it's easy, you know, for certain types of products, the clients just kind of show up because it's something mm -hmm. that the world really needs and for other things you know it's it's tough because you have to market and you have to be the face of the brand so how has that worked out for you you know what have you done uh, marketing wise to bring people in and just to get the word out yeah um i have done a lot of things you know it's kind of doing a lot and then tracking everything knowing your numbers and then figuring out what's working you know like i um, and I work with a coach, so that's been really helpful. I have a coach that helps sort of with the marketing and finding clients part of the business because that's obviously the most important part. <laughs> you don't have a business until you have uh, subscribers or customers. Um, but yeah, so it's getting the word out any way I can, but also tracking every single thing I do so I have numbers to show what works instead of just you know doing a bunch of things and being like, oh, it felt like that thing worked, but really having numbers. And that's, I think, the most important thing is knowing my numbers and tracking everything. So at the end of the day, you know where to continue to invest your money and where you can pull back. Right. Very nice. And that's exactly what I've been doing, too, is I've mm -hmm. sent out mailings. I've done newsletters. I've tried, you know, podcasting um, yep. and tons of things. <laughs> For me, it's been uh, referrals has been a huge deal. You know, the people that yeah. really like what you do uh, kind of become a cheerleader and, and talk about it to everybody. Um, You know, if I were given a really good recipe from you, I would probably start to tell people because, you know, I yeah. love good food and food is kind of like a, a food group of my life in a sense. Like food is yeah. a very big part of it. And so. we definitely, we definitely get that. You know, the subscribers, once they catch on, they're shouting it from the rooftops. And I even have some friends they are really cute. And 
um, here in Austin that use it and, you know, they'll get on and they're always promoting it. And they're like, how, do you know how many people like there, we talk about it all the time. I'm like, that's awesome. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's really fun to see, you know, you don't ask for it. It just kind of happens. Yeah, so. definitely. I feel like that would be a good thing to like put on Instagram. Like so many people taking pictures of their meals. Yeah, and, they like, like to take pictures of their meals. Yeah, that's good. I always like to see those. And it's good for me too. You know, that helps me feel good about what I'm doing. Yeah, <laughs> so it absolutely. <laughs> it's solid feedback. So what has starting this business done for you just, you know, in the rest of your life? Have you been able to travel more? Have you, you know, really opened up and seen a lot more freedom in in what you can do with your day? Um, For sure, because back when I was doing the personal chef company and cooking every day, um, you know, I had, I felt like I had freedom and flexibility because I did, you know, I was kind of in control of when I started and where I went and all this. But at the end of the day, I had to be here to cook in person for people every week. And now that I have another person that does the on-site um, part of that, I can work from anywhere. And so that's been really nice. Um, I recently got married and we did a honeymoon and did a pretty long honeymoon. So that was nice to be able to take a break, you know, and he's also an entrepreneur and I feel like we've both been <laughs> working for quite a few years and we um, finally decided we needed a little bit of a break and so that was nice to be able to take that and um, we have, we can really travel and I can, um, you know, work from anywhere. I say sometimes I'll work all day Saturday but that's because I decide I want a Thursday afternoon off and so it's nice to have that flexibility, yeah. Very nice and that's something too that I've found has been extremely helpful, you know, I planned, um, I think next week, just on Friday, going up to Philadelphia for the day to work out of a coffee shop just because, you know, it's only about an hour and a half drive and it's just a change of scenery from my bedroom, you know, so it's, uh, you definitely gain a lot of freedom in doing that. And uh, on top of that, if it's something that you really love doing, then that's huge. Yeah, I like being to really tap into those times when I know that I can focus more. It's like, okay, it's three o'clock, my brain's not working, I'm going to take a break and go for a walk. But then when I do get those times of energy and focus, I can really tap into that. So it's nice to be able to be in control of that. (laughs) Yeah. And I was going to ask you, I mean, I'm sure the food has a huge impact on that. You don't feel sluggish throughout the day, you can kind of pop out of bed, have a great breakfast and, and start the day off right now. Yeah, no, I yeah, I agree. So very cool. Well, so you have this one week gluten free meal plan. Uh, yes. What types of meals or, or dishes could we expect if we go in and check that out? So it's, you know, the food I eat at home, the food I've been cooking for clients, it's, um, you know, things like lettuce, turkey wraps. Those are really popular. I have lasagna on the menu this week. People really love the lasagna. Um, I, you know, it's, oh, it changes every week. So every week it's oh, a new plan. Cool. Yeah. So every week it's a new plan. Um, there's, you know, usually a seafood dish, although I always give a substitution idea for the seafood because some people don't do that. There's like a salmon and, um, you know, in the winters I'll do things like chilies and stews and, and the summer I'll have some salads and, um, burgers and some grilling items. That's more summer stuff. And right now we're getting some more like pears and, you know, some of the fall stuff's getting ready mm. to come in. And we're just coming off of peach season. I really like peach season. There was like a peach cobbler a few weeks ago that was really good. Nice. So, I just had actually yeah. like a huge bag of white peaches in the fridge and they're, they're so good. And it's just like <sighs> something peaches. about this time of year where it starts to get a little bit cooler outside and, mm-hmm. you know, people are pumpkin picking and stuff like that. It's, it's oh, yeah, just... we're coming into all the squashes. So oh yeah good. so that's gonna be really cool I've actually I think I made a 
lasagna with um i think i substituted squash as like the layers of the lasagna mm -hmm. um yeah so works. i usually do zucchini like thinly sliced zucchini or thinly sliced eggplant works really well too Ooh, so nice. i'll do that instead of the um instead of the like noodles yeah so, so everyone's sitting here thinking like how did she make a peach pie like how do you make that without gluten there's <laughs> there's really cool ways around that uh, that actually tastes just as good, if not better. So, uh, yeah. not to like totally try to jump on the gluten-free train, but seriously, guys, there are some amazing recipes to try out here. <laughs> yeah, no, the peach cobbler. I take that. I took that to a dinner party a week ago, and like no one knows, no one cares. Like it's, um, and it actually, I do almonds and dates mm. and um, butter in a food. You can also do coconut oil because I know we always have the option for dairy freaks. I know some people can't tolerate dairy. So you can do coconut oil or um, butter. The butter is really tasty. <laughs> so but you do that all in the food processor and the dates actually sweeten. And it sounds kind of strange, like you said, but when you try it, like no one ever knows and everyone loves it. So. Yeah, and I feel like half the time they probably don't even notice that it doesn't, that it's missing yeah. a couple ingredients. Yeah. If you don't like shout that it's gluten-free no one really notices <laughs> so speaking of coconut oil because that's a huge thing for me i actually uh used to be you know an all olive oil type guy and now a lot of the times i'll use coconut oil instead um uh -huh. have you ever tried bulletproof coffee so I don't drink coffee. Ah, um, okay. My husband does, and he'll make it here. We also have picnic here, so we can go there. But um, he makes bulletproof, and he's tried. He's played around with making me bulletproof tea because I do drink tea. Coffee just makes me—I don't know—my body doesn't love it. It's like too much caffeine for me. Mm. Um, but he does do the bulletproof coffee. Bulletproof. Tea. And I've had a few tastes. It tastes good. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> the, the tea. The tea works. It's not like. Oh my God, this is so good. Like the coffee is. I've had right. a few tastes. It tastes pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's probably because coffee is more bitter. So when you add, and for everyone listening in, essentially it's a cup of coffee, a tablespoon of grass fed butter, a tablespoon yeah. of coconut oil blended up. I think it's probably because the coffee is usually much more bitter and tea tends to be on the sweeter or fruitier side. Uh -huh. And so to add something so salty into that, I don't know if that would mix as well. The coconut oil definitely would add some sort of a sweet taste to it. Mm -hmm. But I feel like you'd have to find some sort of a substitute for like sugar or the sweetener. That would, you'd want to you add know. like honey or something. Yeah. 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 He adds cocoa powder to, or cacao powder ah. to his too and, and some cinnamon. So it's like really tasty. I don't know if that's like part of the recipe, but that's what he adds. I feel like that could be like a whole website in itself of like <laughs> teaching people custom made <laughs> paleo coffee recipes uh, i'll leave that to him <laughs> <laughs> well this has been great chatting with you and you know i'm a huge fan of both paleo and gluten-free you know i'll be the first to say that uh every now and then i do have my cheat meals because uh i do love cookies but you can make really good uh gluten-free cookies so uh just to for everyone listening just to shout it out there that you should totally try this out um so what's the website where people can get this free one week meal plan is it just prepdish.com yeah we've set up a special page too it's prepdish.com backslash um uh actually used your first name zephan <laughs> okay <laughs> cool z-e-p-h-a-n that's what we used so cool. awesome. um, but if they go there they can get the free trial week so very yeah. cool. So everybody go ahead and check that out. And Allison, what's the best way for everyone to just keep track of you? Are you active on social media? Is there anything cool that we should look out for in the near future? 
Yeah, I'm on social media. I'm on Instagram at PrepDish, Twitter, Facebook, you know, all of the <laughs> social media sites. And I do post, you know, pic food pictures on Instagram and all that. Um, trying to think things coming up. I don't know. We're right in the middle of like back to school stuff. So we're doing a lot of fun um, back to school handouts. So right now we're doing a school lunch um, meal. Sometimes we'll give that out to like newsletter subscribers. And um, we have a crock pot one. So we're working on, we have one crock pot one that's already done and I'm working on doing another crock pot handout. People seem to love those. Very so nice. those are yeah. just little fruities that I give out. So crock pots are super easy. I love that you literally just take all the ingredients and you just chuck it in there, you turn it yes. on and you don't touch it for, you know, however long. Yeah. Well, and I do ones where you prep them ahead and stick it in the freezer. So then you have like five crock pot meals that are just in the freezer and you just pull them out and them in. Mm. Oh, and I forgot to mention to you, one of my first jobs I ever worked was a place called Let's Dish. And what they did was okay. they do uh, similar, they have this pre-prepared, almost like a, uh, a salad bar with like yes. the measuring scoops. And you would take giant freezer bags and scoop out, you know, however much you needed of each uh -huh. item. And you would make these meals that could feed a family. Um, and so I've that was one of, of my first jobs. Okay. Yeah. Well, that taught you the like, you know, process of or the importance of planning ahead and prepping ahead, I guess. So. Oh, yeah. And I mean, one of the benefits of working there was you could, you know, we would cook meals for ourselves while we were on That's the clock. Nice. Yeah. So, you know, we can mix and match. So if there was like one thing for, you know, a certain type of pizza, but we could steal like chicken from this other recipe. And so yeah. we, that's where I kind of learned to mix and match and try new stuff. Nice. Very cool. Well, everyone check out PrepDish.com. Austin, it's been great talking to you today, and I hope you enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you. You too. This episode of The Year of Purpose is brought to you by our brand new book, Life Rescripted. Find your purpose and design your dream life before the curtains close. If you want to be the first in line to receive a free digital copy from me, all you have to do is head on over to www.liferescriptedbook.com com to find out more. I've discovered what I think is the world's most effective process to design your path in life. It'd be a shame if I didn't share it. In Life Rescripted, you will discover the number one strategy for determining your life purpose and how you can start a new path today. The 5x life hack rule for accomplishing your dreams and designing your life on your own terms five times faster. The ultimate solution for fear and how you can leverage it right now to make this year your best year yet and so much more. Reserve your spot in line to get a free copy at www.liferescriptedbook.com and I will see you in the next episode.